This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, January 26, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Yoski. Now, before we get started, I have to give y'all some behind-the-scenes context. I'm going to lift the veil, the production veil. I'm going to break the fourth wall. Uh, right before we started recording this episode, you know, there's a lot going on in our country. There's a lot on our minds right now. Just just a lot. Big news cycles every day. And our very own Derek Miner uh, is clearly feeling more of the effect than he realized because he was playing with a stress ball as we were getting ready to record this episode. And it, he, I guess you squeezed it so hard, it burst all over him and he had to go change his clothes. It's so, the most disgusting thing ever. That, there's some kind of like gluey, clear goop. I didn't know your hand could break a stress ball. I thought that was the whole point of them, but apparently you were clinching so hard. Me too. Dang, you're so strong. D- Derek, Do you want to talk you, about it? Are you okay? Would, yeah. Would you Would you say that you are stressed out? I mean, you literally did something that most of us thought was physically impossible. Let's hear how stressed you are. I, I, I guess so. I, I don't know. Like, straight up. Like, I just... Uh, just using the stress ball like I normally do. And it, I, here's the thing. The stress ball was only a week old. <gasps> oh, so wow. my, my wife gave it to me because I guess she thought I was stressed out. And I'm sitting here like, oh, this thing is cool. Yeah. She probably heard last Tuesday's episode where we talked about like kind of, okay, this is crazy times. What are we doing for mental right. health? You play Roblox. <laughs> She's like, you know what, honey? I want to give you something to just keep with you. You know, like here's Man. a stress ball. So oh, apparently man. I'm stressed out. I don't know how, you know, what that's crazy. Hey, I never thought I could do that. Can I ask one question, Derek? Okay. Okay. We we saw you on Zoom cleaning up what looked like a very, it was very slimy looking. I don't know. I'm trying to think it was of the disgusting. Biggest, it was very disgusting. The world's biggest sneeze it was all over that's him. That's what yeah. it looked yeah. like it, on it your hand. It was very gross. I don't know why this popped in my head. Okay, and, and Clark, if this is too gross, to you we can edit it. Okay, I'm gonna let you guys make the call. But do you know what my first thought was? Like, if that had happened to me, Derek, like when I was looking at you, like covered in this slime, I don't know why. I think I would have gone like this. Just one quick taste. I just want to see what it tastes. I don't know why. I don't know. I'm just saying, oh, this is sick. It's everywhere. Hey, get it off. Give me a wet towel. Hang on, just one sec. Hang on, one sec. I just take one little dab on my tongue. Kind of, kind of tangy. Yeah. It's a tang to it. You weren't curious. You weren't curious. I, we were gonna judge you. Dude, off camera. camera. There's you literally nothing, nothing no. in me Toxic ever no. thought to do that. No. Clark, that stuff will not biodegrade for a million years. Stop. I'm not putting that in my body. Please stop. Please don't act like I mean, I'm the only well, one who wouldn't be like. You are the only one, one, one on one. this podcast. I just want to see you what it tastes like. You are by yourself. You are alone. Well, I have a question for you, and this may not make the show either. Uh, that, that, this is just, we're all adults here. You've all had children, mm-hmm. and you all yes. had mm-hmm. women that birthed yeah. those children, and they uh-huh. had milk that came out mm-hmm. of their mm-hmm. parts that God gave us. Mm-hmm. Did you taste it? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, 
Jesse, you act like you're going to taste the slime, but you never thought like, what does this actually taste like? You know, like get a, get a little of the bottle, put it on your hand and taste uh, it. Uh, no, no desire. I don't, I don't like no milk. desire. I'm just, I, I'm just curious, like, I, because, because I know I what that like is. Milk. Jamie, I know what that is. I've never if, tasted it, but I bet it doesn't taste J- like Jamie, the milk you buy God at the gave store. Us five ways to figure out what something is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We can see it. We can hear it. Yeah. We can smell it. We can touch it and taste it. I'm using my God-given senses to make a deduction about what on earth is in this stress ball. Will it be a pleasant tasting? Frankly, I don't know. I'm not going to malign it until I try it. It smelled one awful, so it probably tasted awful. I would, I would smell it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay, go how about in for this, Cameron? Taste. You smell I, it, and it smells like yeah. a candy cane. Do you take? It smells like a little hint of mint. And mm. do you take one? Do you take one little dab? Like, no. Hmm. So I heard. I heard antifreeze is disgusting. I mean, I mean, sweet, and it'll kill you. I'm not, saying you, drink, I'm not saying you drink it, Derek. I'm just saying one little. Oh, oh! I didn't think it would taste like that. Okay, a little, <laughs> so little shrimp. I heard evil like evil people that don't like animals put <laughs> antifreeze outside of their house. Oh, uh, because they'll to eat it. Them. Yeah, yeah uh, that's, so that's, I heard that. But well, Jesse, oh, no, I'm that not. That took a dark I'm not turn putting. There. I'm talking about. <laughs> like I'm talking turn. about a harmless little. Bro, you're talking about, about killing. You're talking about killing yourself I'm with stress balls. I'm, I'm not saying we're gonna eat Fear Factor. This, you know, just down the gut. I'm not gonna shot glass it i'm talking one little dab <laughs> to see if my taste buds can bro what if it what, what if one little dab will kill you if one yeah, little dab of stress ball juice if, 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 if you're acting like this is some sort of like soviet like they're gonna the, the end of like a poison tip dart or something like if it's that toxic <laughs> it might be <laughs> you don't know. i don't think they put it in a stress ball where where there's something where children can play with if it's if it's that uh, no. i'm not saying i'm not saying you should drink it okay let's let me just say this this is but it like one tide pot ain't gonna kill you okay bro it oh might. My God. It it might. used to be made out of lead it might, it might. i'm just saying one time if i had good. a stress ball the like blow up goo i would probably take one little dab no, and if Jesse. you guys are all saying i'm wrong I don't believe you listeners in your car or running or whatever you're doing right now. You know, you would, you, 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 you can just in the self satisfaction. We just found the question of the week. <laughs> what is the craziest thing? Yeah. Yes you or no. Actually taste it. Yeah. Oh, that's actually a good one. Uh, man, Derek, I'm just concerned for you, buddy. I mean, just like, I know you got Instagram DMs in one hand, you got the stress ball on the other hand and it just exploded. I mean, that was crazy. I ain't gonna lie. That was the craziest thing. (laughs) All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we have our friend, singer and songwriter, Thad Cockrell. Uh, You may know him from his solo stuff. You may know him from Leagues. Uh, But why are we having him on today? His new album came out like six months ago. Well... Tonight, Tuesday night, he will be playing on Jimmy Fallon. Wow, um, that's awesome. It, it, it's, a, it's a crazy story. And I'm going to tell you all about it when I enter this segment. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh, we also have Slices and your feedback, a very apropos feedback, given what happened at the beginning of this show. Don't miss it. Okay, well, stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices.
You're listening to Dayglow. The song is close to you. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, it's time for Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, so you guys might have remembered, it might have been a year ago now, where Elon Musk, his boring company, which is a a company that is, you know, working on like, among other things. Holes. Yeah, yeah, tunnels. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. tunnel technology. Um, uh, You know, we needed to drum up some cash. And so he had an idea. I will make novelty twenty thousand novelty flamethrowers. I'll 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 yeah. put a five hundred dollar price tag on, and within minutes, within hours, he was able to up. yeah drum up ten million dollars in cash, which the company needed. Pretty smart move. Uh, and he found an interesting way to skirt a law which prevents people from owning flamethrowers. Uh, and he he did that by putting a emblazoned on the side. This is not a flamethrower. So just a little little cognitive dissonance. It is a flamethrower, but he says on there it's not. So it's like saying go fight peacefully like it's like it's, you know, it's like it's it's the plausible deniability it says no flamethrower mm-hmm. you know uh well uh probably not the best idea especially if you're traveling overseas as numerous elon musk boring company fans have found uh so uh there was this big story on TechCrunch about the legal peril that these flamethrower owners are now facing including ones here in the united states so i want to re- i want to read i'd love TechCrunch to talk about uh uh you know uh, uh, passive aggressive, you know, like putting this is not a flamethrower on something. This is, I want to read a couple lines from the story. The boring company, okay. Uh, uh, this is what uh, Elon Musk told Joe Rogan in 2018. We were told that various countries would ban shipping of it, that they, uh, and that they would ban flamethrowers. So to solve this, for all the customs agencies, we labeled it not a flamethrower. Did it work? Was it effective? Asked Rogan. I don't know. I think so. Yes, Musk replied. The correct answer was no. Like, they really just dropped in the Ron Howard narrator voice there to be like, (laughs) just because you say it's not a flamethrower doesn't mean. So, in fact, New York actually passed a law, and uh, this is what lawmakers said. It said, Elon Musk boring company release a new flamethrower without any concern to the training of the purchasers or their reasons for buying. Both true. That's even better. Both true. This bill establishes that owning and using a flamethrower is a criminal act unless it is used for agricultural construction or historical collection purposes. These dangerous devices should not be sold to civilians and uh, 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 they, they need to be restricted to trained professionals. In fact, a woman in New York actually got charged when she was pulled over for like a headlight or something. They saw it sitting under the seat. She was charged with carrying a dangerous weapon and charged. I didn't even know this was a law. She was charged with own, with owning a, a quote infernal machine. What a cool charge! Like, <laughs> I dude, this is these in it state by state. It's different. So some people like where there's no laws, like Texas or Wyoming, they're fine. Tennessee, but like New York, baby. maybe not. 
Yeah. It, okay. W- w- one Elon Musk van was uh, uh, before before the pandemic decided to go partying through Europe, and he was on a party bus going to. A, and I love the picture of the guy. The guy looks like a, a dude who goes to Italy to go on party buses. Okay, <laughs> and he thought it'd be fun thing to bring his flamethrower on the party bus because if you're on a party bus in Italy, you know, going to raves or whatever he's doing, it's a pretty good little conversation starter. He ended up in Italian prison. Uh, oh, so uh, they, they, uh, his lawyer, his lawyer was able to get him out, but he had to surrender the flamethrower. Here is a this is his quote. I love this dude. OK, F- Italian flamethrower guy. I'd love to have you on the show sometime. This is what he said. <laughs> this is what he said. It was a hair raising experience. I'm in the middle of nowhere in Sardinia and a 24 hour lockdown with an older guy giving off mafia vibes <laughs> after a nearly a week. <laughs> week in prison he was handed his belongings flamethrower aside and set and set free this is a quote my lawyer asked the judge do you really want to be the guy on an international news keeping an american in jail over this toy uh and he said he goes i really think that was the key to getting me out is this judge not wanting to make international news for the flamethrower Owning the flamethrower, bottom line, bad idea. I do think it's pretty cool. I will say this guy does not seem to have learned his lessons because he then conceded to TechCrunch that once he got back in the United States, he made one, he made his own flamethrower off instructions he found on YouTube. So Jeez. probably not the, the, the smartest guy in the room. But if you have a flamethrower, I would be very cautious if I were you. Can I ask a question? <laughs> yeah. Why would you want a flamethrower? Because it's a flamethrower. Why would I mean, you? that's yeah. it. Yeah, why wouldn't you? So you just like you have Imagine. friends over and you're like, hey, look what this does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to name. Bruce. Hey, this <laughs> is burn everything. We have up. something like that at our house. It's attached to a propane tank and it Aaron uses it to start fires like it's the it looks like a flame. I mean, it doesn't look like the pictures I just looked up that you were talking about, but it does that It's a propane tank and it shoots out flames. Same thing. Ja- Jamie, you live in Texas, so. <laughs> Literally, yes, it's okay. the same thing. Many, many states don't allow the things that is common in Texas, <laughs> just FYI. Facts. Cameron, I'm, I'm going to throw out a couple things and I, in a hierarchy. And you have to tell okay. me uh, at, at what point do you go? You got So if, it's owning a flamethrower on this side. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to start naming items. And when you find an item you would rather have than the flamethrower, tell me when to stop. Okay? Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Because I just want to see how high we go with flamethrower here. Extremely accurate blowgun, like blowgart dart gun. No, flamethrower. Crossbow. Mm. Flamethrower. A, a giant sword. Flamethrower. <sighs> wow. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a Segway uh-huh. with a, with squirt guns going out both front, like like kind of a, a cool. Uh, you, you know, like one of those ball security ones with Squirt like a guns? fire hose on it. Why would I want? Why would I want to go around like Paul Blart Mall Cop with squirt guns on the front of that thing? No, flamethrower. Why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Okay, your neighborhood. Okay. Well, these laws are interesting to me. That like, like, okay, I'm going to sell this flamethrower with that little caveat that hey, it's not a flamethrower. It reminds me of a weird law that Florida's had for a long time where. July 4th, New Year's Eve, you know, they have the tents where you can go and buy like really big fireworks, right? Well, Florida had a law that like a hundred year old law that fireworks were illegal unless you were using it for a couple of specific purposes. 
primarily in agriculture, you could use fireworks. You could shoot it off to like uh, scare off birds off of your land. And then there was one other, you know, odd agricultural caveat as well. And so when we would go July 4th and buy all these fireworks and stuff, as you checked out, you had to sign a paper declaring that you were using it for agricultural purposes. And then you're good. You just literally had to sign a paper though. Everybody just signs it. It was the biggest farce. Everybody knew that this is ridiculous. And so finally, it went on the ballot last year, and they finally removed that stupid law. And this year, New Year's Eve, I went and bought fireworks. Didn't have to sign anything for the first time in, like, you know, since I bought fireworks. But I think it's funny that, like, there's these little weird loopholes. Like, I'm just going to say it's not a flamethrower, and I can sell it, you know. But anyway. When, when I was a kid, we used to occasionally, like, ride our bikes to this flea market, and there were some like really shady booths in this flea market and they would mm-hmm. have like ninja stars and stuff. And it would mm-hmm. say, this is a paperweight only. Mm. And I was like, dude, I came back with the <laughs> sharpest, sweetest paperweights you've ever seen. Exactly. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you have, Jamie? Okay. So you guys know that I don't enjoy Twitter, right? Correct. You're not on Twitter either. Are you Cameron? I am a lurker now. Oh, okay. I, I got off a year or so ago and I've I've started lurking again. I only follow basketball and funny accounts. Okay. So I'm there for I'm there for the jokes and the basketball stuff. Once the NBA came back, I kind of got back on. But Derek, Jesse, y'all are on Twitter? I, I, I mainly lurking. Okay. I will I'll post stuff. Oh, I talk trash all the time. Okay. Really, yeah, <laughs> well, okay. So I'm I have a Twitter account. I lurk as well. I go look at a couple of accounts every once in a while. But here is a new account. I think it's new that you should follow. And here it is, guys. Are you ready? It's Mr. T. Are you anybody Mr. T fans? Big time. A big time. Fool. I mean, who's not? Met, who's not? Met him once. You met him? Was he nice? Really? We were both speaking at uh, Willow Creek and like in the early 2000s, uh, the young adult service at Willow Creek. And he was the speaker before me. When <laughs> so he was speaking at like, does he speak like, I please hear me when I like, I'm using air quotes. Like, does he speak like normal? Or does he sound like Mr. T? Uh, I don't think he's known as a great thespian. Okay. So I don't think the character we saw on the A team was a dramatic departure from his natural demeanor and personality. Mm, so okay. the gotcha. way he presents himself and communicates is the, person that we all know you know what i mean okay but he yeah. wasn't like playing a character i think it's just i just think it's who he Harry is, is. So. okay yeah, well yeah. i only know him from rocky i'm a big rocky fan so i know him from there okay so gotcha. mr t is on twitter and he is bringing the gospel truths here you guys he is not yeah. taking like he's Strong not saying Christian. take back america for god or any of that kind of weird nonsense that we're seeing this is one that he just tweeted and it made me laugh and smile and mr t says this i can't do a mr t voice i wish i could this would be so much better Please don't. I, I can't. I can't. He said this. He <laughs> yeah. said, we're fighting two contagious deadly virus. One is COVID-19 and the other is hate. We got vaccinations for COVID and the love of God for all the haters. And then he said, the vaccine works when it's injected into your arm. The love of God works when you invite him into your heart. Mm. Looky there, mm. Mr. T. Bring in the, the truth about Jesus to the world. It sounds so, like Kurt Cameron type stuff. But it's Mr. T, though. So I think it gets like you you go like, oh, it's Mr. T. Like he can do that, you know, right? (laughs) He can do that. Yeah, I feel like he gets he gets a pass pass. on being a little corny because that's his. He gets pass a corny pass. All right. Yeah, he's Mr. T. I think he does get a pass. All right, Cameron, flamethrower or combat van? (laughs) Because take a look at peep that A team van again sometime. You're like, okay, I would probably take the van. That thing is. what Mr. T did for combat vans is is very significant. And 
I think, a very underrated part of his legacy. That van is still to this day super, super dope. I'm, I'm, I just Googled A-Team combat van. Look at that. It's black I'm with going, the red stripe. I'm, that and Kit are the two best. Uh, Cameron. I'm going flamethrower flame over the van. van. Do, are you looking? Are you, did you Google the right van? Did you Google the right van? It's a yes. black one with a red stripe. Yes. And the red wheels. Yes. Hold on, bro. It's, but here's yeah, the deal. You tripping, it's a big old van. I don't want a van. A flamethrower I can play with. Van, uh, like, man. It's a it's a combat van. What if it had like yeah, it had little true. two little things that squirted out water on the sides like that that bike thing <laughs> Jesse was trying to sell you? All on. right, I, I don't remember okay, the okay. A team that well. Was there anything in the van? Like did that? Did it have weapons and stuff? No, or was this a van? It doesn't, you you put whatever it's a van. You can put whatever you can you can move a couch in it or you can load it with weaponry. So it's a mom it's a mom van with black paint and red stripes. Does, does that look like a mom? It's Watch a, your please. This is the eighteen van guys. A mom van. This isn't a grocery but, but getter. My thing is like, okay, we stop bad guys in this. You're saying a combat van. I think that this thing is going to be like a Mario Kart situation <laughs> where it deploys right. you know, things as you're no. in a chase and all that. That I'd take over a flamethrower. A black van. No, it's, it's I'd look like a no, pedophile. Both, I'm not driving yeah. around in a van, an 1980s van, pulling up, dropping my kid off at school Relax. out of an 80s van. Hey, no, 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 no. Listen, listen. The van doesn't need it doesn't need weapons, guys. It's a deterrent. If that thing comes flying around a corner and you're a bad guy, you just get out of there. Okay? You know if there's a maniac that has recreated the A-team van and suddenly knows there's being a bank robbed, you're in a lot of trouble. Because that person yeah. is a legit yeah. psycho that built an A-team. Van and is looking for criminals. Okay, okay, Jesse. If you're a criminal, that is a great crime Wait, deterrent. I'm going to call you out, Jesse. I'm going to call you out, and I don't like calling people out. We had a big discussion a couple weeks ago, and you made so much fun of whatever character that was because all he had was a bow and arrow. Hawkeye. And now, oh, and God. now you're saying that you're you're in favor of a van that can't do anything but drive you around. Yo, over a flamethrower, over a flamethrower. It's not even close. It's the A-team van, okay? Some some lunatic, some lunatic with a bow and arrow does not does not make me afraid, okay? The A-team van makes of, you afraid. The A-team. I don't know what's inside. It could literally be anything, okay? It could. If you see, listen. If you see an A-team van in your town, okay? Uh huh. Literally anything could be inside there. There could be five white tigers chained up inside there, or it could be the, you know the person coming back from Trader Joe's. You don't know. That's the thing, and you don't want to find out. Okay. Uh, if I'm trying to go to Trader Joe's and I pull up and park in the parking lot in that van, then I'm a pariah. People are going to be like, "Stay away from that dude. He's not there. He's, He's not all there." You know what I mean? He's trouble. I don't want to walk around being trouble. I want to be you're, hanging out with my friends at the pool and like pull out my flamethrower to show them how cool it is. No, no, I, be, I be, no because this is, it's trouble deterrent because you pull up in that and the people that were going to cause trouble is like more troubles yeah. here. Okay. You, you, the trouble cancels out. Trouble. It cancels out. Okay. <laughs> it's double trouble. It's what it is. At that point, at that point, you interject double trouble into the situation. You have trouble there. You pull up in the van. They think you're trouble. Double trouble cancels it out. It's peacekeeping. They team were peacekeepers. Okay. <laughs> the A team would have stormed the Capitol. Oh no, they would. No, <laughs> no they, they would have shown up. They would have shut it that. down. They would have shut it. If that van would have showed up on January sixth, would it have been just, a problem? People ran. I, 
I feel like too, if you have an 18 fan, like the only way to drive it is your 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 foot has to be fully suppressed the whole time, whether the gas or the brake. Right. Every stop yeah. is a screeching halt, and every time you're like, "All right, see you guys later," you just punch the gas and peel away, like driving over curbs. That's how the 18 van should be driven. All right, what do you have, Derek? All right, y'all. So this is what I got. And I kind of wanted to stay away from politics, but I could not resist this one. This one was going to be hard to resist. So Donald Trump, as you know, his last days of office was last week and he got to do something that most presidents always do. And that's, you know, pardon people. So he went through a Mm -hmm. whole list of pardons. So I'm looking at this list and there's three names that stick out. I know one of them. (laughs) And it's a bunch of guys like I'm looking at like ex-members of Congress, bunch of white collar criminals and that. And then you have Kodak Black and Lil Wayne. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what happened to make that trans. And then also I'm from Michigan. I'm from Michigan. I'm a Michigan native and Kwame Kilpatrick. What, like, I'm trying to figure out what series of events led you to pardon two rappers and Kwame Kilpatrick. I need help with that. Do y'all know? So I've heard that, you know, during the election or during the, when they were campaigning, Lil Wayne came out in support of the Trump. Yep. Trump I candidacy. remember that. That one makes a little sense. And, Wayne did what he had and to so do. So Jared Kushner, I read Jared Kushner behind the scenes was, you know, advocating that we uh, return the favor, you know, mm, and that we okay. commute a sentence. He got picked yep. up like a year ago on uh, weapons charges that uh, per, uh, violated his parole. So they were like, hey, listen, let's just get make that go away for him because he supported us. You know, that's the one I got. Right. The other ones, I don't know the connection. I, I know Snoop Dogg was doing some lobbying to Ivanka Trump. I mean, this is a joke. Aren't you guys glad 2020? No, no. <laughs> oh, Snoop that's Dogg, right. Somebody Snoop from Dogg. Death Row got uh, pardoned. Yeah. Ariel. Yeah. One of the Death Row guys, thanks to lobbying by Snoop Dogg. Um, yeah. It, you know who, you know, notably who didn't get. Did not. And they. I know where you're going. And, and, you and I actually it. felt kind of bad because another high profile felon, uh, uh, someone who's currently in prison, had was so confident that they would be granted a pardon by the outgoing president of the United States. So they had a limo wait for them outside of the prison. And that person <laughs> yep. is Joe Exotic of oh, Tiger King. Man. Joe Exotic did not get pardoned. And he, at and, the and last he did not receive the pardon. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is. But, yeah, I mean, Lil Wayne and, and you know, a handful Kodak of other. Black, yeah. Kwame Kilpatrick. Do you petition for that pardon or are they just looking around and saying, here's who we want to pardon? So, so this the normal way that a president they have carte blanche they can pardon whoever they want. The normal way is that the Justice Department would kind of vet candidates and clemency mm. applications would come in, and the Justice Department would kind of work through them, identify ones that made sense, and then present those to the president. That did not happen this time. Uh, Trump did not involve the Justice Department at all. And it was only his small group of White House advisors and family that brought names to him. And so the people that were advocating were people who were who had access Mm -hmm. to those inner circles. And so there was a lot of kind of like insiders and there was money being exchanged. uh, No, that feels illegal. It it was now no money is proven to have gotten to Trump, but a lot of connected lawyers 
like lawyers that were connected to the Oval Office were paid tens of thousands of dollars to present this case for, you know what I mean? So people were making money off of it because the Justice Department was left out of it. It's been criticized that this was pretty handled pretty shady over the last the last week. I feel bad for the people who stormed the Capitol that thought they were going to get a pardon. Like I would, I would have thought I that know. they. I thought ninety-two people are now indicted for federal crimes, and they all thought that they were going to get pardoned, and not one. Do you happened. think that yeah, President we, Trump wanted to, and some people around him were like, "Listen, we're going to help you out here. You can't touch you, this, that. You can't do this on your way out." Mm. I, there's a lot of reporting that was saying certain people were trying to say, "Hey, don't try to pardon yourself or your yeah. family. Yeah. Don't you know, like you know, trying to like say." You know, there's just going to be some things that are going to bite you in the butt. What's what's interesting is that he did at the last second pardon Steve Bannon, his one time advisor who has been strung up for a lot of a lot of charges, to be honest with you, by what's interesting, though, by pardoning him. Now, Steve Bannon cannot plead the fifth if he's ever called subpoenaed to trial and testify against Trump like in the impeachment trial. By being pardoned, you cannot plead the fifth. He has to testify now. Did they he not can't know that? Hide behind oh, that. Man. I don't know who didn't pay attention, yeah. but now Bannon may be the person who well, brings information to light under oath that might be incriminating because well, he got pardoned. It, it, oh, not only that, goodness, the, the actual rough. crime that uh, you know landed Steve Bannon in all this trouble. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, it is what it is that that Trump pardoned because do you know what the actual what the the crime the federal crime that he committed was defrauding Trump supporters out of donating to him because he said he was going to use their money to privately fund the border wall and they just kept it and like <laughs> you know like it was just like he was ripping off Trump's own supporters and and pocketing well I, I say allegedly I think he was convicted of it but either way uh, that was uh, what he was seeking the pardon for so there's a degree of irony with that Mm -hmm. pardon as well you know if i was president that's the one thing i'd be like i don't want that i don't want the power to pardon Mm. i don't want it like we i just think there needs to be some checks and balances because i mean obama got into trouble some trouble there was actually some like investigations after some of the pardons that were granted by obama every president pardon some people that it's like well, I, 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 think, I think we should just get rid of presidential pardons like we have a justice system like let's empower Mm. or have like have one person, a local, one local official or something that's able to have jurisdictional part, you know, pardons within their jurisdictions for like gross mishandlings of justice. Like when appeals processes runs out, you know, th- there's some, but to just have it, it doesn't make any sense. It feels like something that is from a different era, yeah. you know, yeah. like it, it's like, why, why should th- that seems like a terrible yeah. idea? I can't think of one situation where that's a good idea. I would Unless rather you're the have, one that gets pardoned. Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, but but even then, it's like there's a reason that every one of those people who got pardoned needed to get pardoned in the first place. And that's because the criminal justice system made up of countless professionals whose whole job and a jury of your peers. And a jury of Black man has You're entered right. the chat. Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. I think not. I was gonna say, nah. I, I like the presidential pardon because the the idea is that the president is a man of character, and that that person is going to do. He's gonna look at something and say, okay, we might have missed this. 
I'm going to give this person a second mm-hmm. chance. Or, hey, rather than what Trump did and say, all right, we're going to execute 13 people before we get out of here. Maybe yeah. he looked and said some of those people like, hey, this guy probably shouldn't be executed. He's a Christian and he's been, uh, you know, converting people in prison for 20 years. Let's not kill him. That's what it's used for. I just think yeah. that Trump just decided to use it for whatever he wanted to. But I, I think it's a... So you're saying I mean, the justice under, system got a lot of stuff wrong. You're you know? saying under the right circumstances with someone with upstanding character who would look at a case and say, hey, maybe we missed something here. I'm going to use right. my last presidential pardon on you. Right. My my thing, though, is checks and balances. There's got to be some, True. I think, a better process for it. And like, I, hey, I'll just be honest. Like, I feel like the last four years have illuminated a lot of kind of like loophole areas, ex- unchecked executive order power, uh, sure. you know, like, you know, you know, pardons and different things that probably it'd be better for our government and our society if there was a little bit more checks and balances, you know yeah. what I mean? And so, hey, maybe you have to like pendulum swing a little bit too far in one direction to kind of actually come back to a good, healthy, new approach to certain things that... I, I just think, and it was really under Bush where the executive branch, and it was really under Cheney. I don't know if you watched any documentaries about, about Cheney, but Cheney was the one who changed the tip, the balance of the executive office yeah. being able right. to operate almost autonomously, almost like a mm-hmm. king. And, and it is three equals bran- branches of government. And he asserted this executive office power that really kind of changed the game. Cheney really with the Gulf War and all that stuff really changed the game. And Trump just honestly took advantage of what was already in place. So I I think it's time for America to take a fresh, fresh look at that, you know. All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Bad Cockrell joins us. Day is just around the corner, and many young people have questions about love. In a culture filled with tension over sex, gender, identity, pornography, and sexual abuse, many are asking, is it really possible to follow God's design for purity? Chasing Love is a brand new Bible study resource from apologist Dr. Sean McDowell. In this nine-week study, Sean takes teens and young adults through scripture to answer some of their most pressing questions about love, sex, gender, and relationships. Order today at lifeway.com slash chasing love and save 10% when you use code relevant promo code valid through January 31st, 2 Jelani Aria. The song is Angels. Well, Thad Cockrell is a musician, singer, songwriter who plays with the terrific indie rock band Leagues in addition to doing his own solo stuff. We're huge fans of Thad's, been friends for years, and we're not the only ones. Just listen to this Jimmy Fallon clip from last week. I'm in the hardware store, and I hear this song playing. And it's so good. I go, what is this song? Do I know this one? And it's like, if we're gonna go down, I'm gonna go down swinging. I go, what's great? So I, I shazam the song. I go, and it's uh, by Thad Cockrell. T 
T-H-A-D, Cockrell. He released this record. No one knows it's going to be a pandemic. They put all this work into this album that comes out. They have a pandemic. Oh, your old plan's pushed to the side. So he, this is, if you go on his Instagram, he tells this story, and it's, it's, it moved me. Anyways, this is, so he's, he writes a whole manifesto to his manager and says, um, i, I got to think of something else to do. I think I'm going to stop. Uh, I'll think of a different job. I mean, I'll, I have other things I can do. I'm talented. I can think of do something else. So he's actually going to, uh, to start something new. And on January 3rd, he sends it to his manager. Uh, January 4th, the manager calls him uh, and they, they said, we're not going to talk about this manifesto thing uh, because we just got a phone call from The Tonight Show. And uh, yeah, he's like, you're going to be on The Tonight Show. And he was like, what? And he said that he cried for an hour. <laughs> they thought the phone cut out. <laughs> he's like, wow. the phone cut out. He's like, oh, it's just like, and he goes, it just goes to show, don't give up. Because you never know, some moron's going to walk into a hardware store. <laughs> yeah. So tonight, Thad is playing on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, so here's our conversation with him about his most recent album, uh, which we actually recorded a little while ago. Uh, we also talk about how he finds creative energy and how songwriting elevates us in tough times. Here's our conversation with the Jimmy Fallon famous Thad Cockle. If I'm gonna go down, I wanna go down swinging. Obviously, this is a pretty, uh, a pretty strange time to be releasing an album. It's a really strange time, especially with an album that was done for over a year, and it get it kept getting pushed back by the label, and nobody saw that the date that we had settled on was going to be in the middle of this, you know. But you know, may, maybe it's because this song or this album wanted, you know, it wanted to fight. You know what I mean? It wanted to. Uh, I try to look at it as a gift uh, like well then it, it needed a worldwide pandemic in order to make its entrance yeah you know i've talked to a lot of artists who feel this way it kind of feels like the album chooses when it's gonna be out uh you can only put so much energy towards that right do you do you uh do you feel like that's true if you know with the saying you know good things don't come easy you know if if i let that be the litmus test then i i feel like i'm i'm doing my part and at least trying to put something good into the world. Um, cause you know, most of it isn't easy, but I think, I think whenever you're, when you're trying to do something and it's so hard cause you know, I don't want to, I'm not self important, but I believe art is important, you know? And so, uh, you know, when you're trying to create something at the cross section of what people want and what people need, that's, that's always a hard that's just always a hard cross section and that's kind of like my spot uh you know i i grew up very i'm just naturally a, a anti-establishment of rebellious person so i'm trying to find beautiful uses of my rebellion and and um you know so even like with my my uh project leagues you know i always feel like i'm hiding vitamins and twinkies in some ways you know it's like uh trying to write pop songs that actually say something 
Um, but yeah, it's, I've, I've, it, it feels like every album that I've ever made, except maybe one or two, always had a really, it, it, the, the birthing process was really tough. I mean, To Be Loved never actually even got a real release. Couldn't find anybody to release it, you know, which is wild because that album has connected with more people than, in a way, than anything I've ever done. Yeah. I feel like it's sort of a truism in the industry to say that the fight makes the album that much better. Has that been your experience? Well, I mean, you, I hope, uh, you know, I, I, I think so. Cause you know, with this album, I wanted to make an album with people that didn't look, think and believe like me. And I think unity only comes from, uh, you know, diversity. If it comes from something else, it's called sameness. And there's no tension in that. It's just using a mechanism of language to make sure that everybody that's in the room should be in the room, you know? And so I just, I wanted to make something with, with a very diverse crew of people. And um, it certainly led me on that journey. It took me, you know, by the time I started it and finished it, it was four years. And, you know, that's the time it takes to go to a college. And, and I feel like it was in a lot of ways. It, you know, this album changed me. It really did from, from start to finish. The idea of perseverance, um, stepping into, you know, when I, I started it here and I did what I could do uh, and it took me on a journey to L.A. and it found me working with people that I truthfully never dreamt of getting to work with. And, you know, these are all people that I highly respect and who are really incredible players. And it's hard to get in those rooms. It's really hard to get in in the rooms with those people. And so you just have to really like conjure up your self-belief and, and know that, that what you've done and what you're doing um, has brought you to that place and that you do belong. Uh, and I think, you know, walking through that, walking through the tension of making an album, you know, Tony Berg is such an incredible uh, person. I mean, just like all the time I got to spend with him was such a gift. Um, and he really challenged me as a songwriter in ways that I'd never been challenged before. And I think I challenged him as a producer. So this is all part of the process and you've been doing this for a long time now. Is it hard to receive feedback or, or hear people push back on what you're doing? You know, my younger self would certainly have said yes, right? But you know, it's hard to find mentors in, in the music business, right? So if you're a doctor, you can find mentors. If you're in banking, you can find mentors. But it's really hard to find mentors that you respect, like the, the art that they make, right? And so for me, as a young artist, you know, my mentors were like, you know, Neil Young autobiographies. Well, he's still creating myth, right? There's still lots of smoke and mirrors. But in your naive mind when you're young, you're like, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that sounds good. And you do that. And then all of a sudden you, you get to the end of that road and you're like, oh man, this, this wasn't, <laughs> this didn't lead where he's, where he suggested it might, you know? And so, um, 
you know, the truth be told is, is when it comes to, to that and being open to, uh, I, I knew what he was working at and we were both trying to make something really great. And so I didn't take his critique as personal. I took it as I was trying to make something really powerful. You said that you try to make albums that sit at the intersection of what people want and what they need. Uh, with this one, what's the want and what's the need? Well, I think we all want something that, that um, makes us feel less alone and seen and it makes us feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one, right? And it, and I think we also need something that's aspirational. That says, oh man, maybe I could give it a little bit more, you know? Uh, or if 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 he can do that, then maybe I can. Or what's my version of that, you know? So I think that's what I mean um, by the cross section of of what people want and what people need. I mean, at the end of the day. I, I really hope that they enjoy it and they like it. But I think I think wanting to be liked and needing to be liked are two different things. And um, I would I would I would rather want to be liked than than needing to be liked. You know. to me and i think we've even discussed this a little in some past conversations it seems like you're more interested in creating music that's that's fun you get people dancing it creates a sense of community but you want there to be more to it as well yeah i mean if you can why not right uh because i think ultimately you want music that feels good and that's really enjoyable to listen to you know like um how something is said i would say it's a lot more important than what is said and then sometimes uh, the harder things that you're trying to say need to be masked. And I mean, that's what, that's what comedians do. That's what Chris Rock does. I mean, he's really funny at saying really hard things. If he wasn't funny at saying them, he wouldn't have a job. Regarding the album itself, do you feel like there's a song on it that sets the, the vibe, the, uh, the energy for the rest of the album? I don't know if the song did, but I know that when the idea, I was going on a walk. I remember like it was yesterday. I was, it was really cold winter and I was walking around uh, the, the Shelby bottoms. Um, uh, there's a, a pond um, in East Nashville and I was walking and the idea, if in case you feel the same struck me, I was like, Oh wow. I'm like, that's, that's the title of the album and that that can that's an umbrella that a lot of things can live under you know and i would also say that the 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 song that came to me and and when i was done i remember walking out and i just i felt as as high as i'd ever felt on anything in my entire life uh is i i had written one morning i wrote um all i want and and, you know, uh, I pray for good songs. I'm like, I ask for songs. And when that one came to me, I remember thinking, like, I feel really um, selfish in asking this, but can we please do that again tomorrow?
smell of the past blowing through the wind and it feels like a letter that was Thad Cockrell. Check him out tonight on The Tonight Show, depending on when you hear this episode. And make sure to check out his newest album, If In Case You Feel The Same. It's phenomenal. At Baylor University's Truett Seminary, kingdom-minded women and men are equipped to follow their callings. Classes at Truett are offered both in person and online. While committed to the formation and community provided by residential education, Truett also offers opportunities to make a seminary education more accessible. Wherever you are and wherever your calling may take you, Truett Seminary will help prepare you for the journey. Learn more at baylor.edu slash Truett. We was kids and we was younger. I stopped to wonder, I'm not eating, but I remember Rain drop December I've been wondering if you'd call me Move like tsunamis, I'm with strangers in this lobby Like I'm a cop. I ain't really know you was freaky, though I sound like Cheerios, and you got a little Fimby you're listening to Omar Apollo. The song is Kamikaze. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we got talking about, you know, kind of the crazy news cycles and how if you're always on Twitter and if you're always watching the news, it kind of affects your mental health, kind of like weighs on you. What do you do to come up for air? You know, what do you do to kind of like distract yourself from, you know, that that 24-hour uh, thing going on? Uh, Derek, you talked about playing Roblox. I play Candy Crush. There's just things you got to do to just turn it off, right? Also use well, a stress the ball. We, <laughs> we asked you, what do you do for mental health and balance and to turn off the noise during crazy news cycles? You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and post it on the Instagram uh, comments as well. Here are a few of our favorites. I love that. I love that David Mandy just posted what appears to be a gif of Jack Donaghy pouring about five fingers of scotch. <laughs> uh, we, we've, we've all been there, David. Oh, my uh, gosh. For sure. Take care of yourself. Uh, um, don't drink too many milkshakes, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Katie said this. She says she's in Southern Florida, so it's cool enough to use their fire pit every night in the winter. And so what makes her relax is sitting outside with their family and a glass of wine. That is my favorite night as well, Katie. We have fire pits. I, I I literally just did a fire pit night outside last night. And it was delightful. We had one on Monday night. Oh. It was so great. Oh, it was. Yeah. And here Maybe in Texas, I had on a sweatshirt and shorts. Like that's the weather oh, that we wow. were living in. It was great. Mm. I was very, very cold <laughs> and had to go inside shortly after the fire pit started. But it was nice to get that, uh, you know, that, that the natural wood smell in your nostrils for a few. Ryan Plain said on Instagram, he said his COVID de-stress coping activities include disc golf. Building Lego sets and scenic drives. Mm. And, and like Jesse, a lot of walks. I like the Lego thing for sure. Dude, I am doing Legos every day. With your son or by yourself? Both and. Legos I he inherited Lego, Lego from me. I've, I've been obsessed with Legos my whole life. At our old house, we had a Lego room. Specifically, it was only for Legos and Lego activities. And uh, there's the, the world's largest Lego store is in town. And so like every weekend we've been going down there and getting like huge sets and like our living room is just Legos, man. That's what I've been doing the last three or four weeks. Like crazy Legos. It's dope. It's, they're fun. My man, Ben Stroop, 
always comes through. He said he's running with fiction audio books in my earpods. So mm-hmm. running with audio books, he says he's rocking the Left Behind series so he can interpret today's <laughs> events. So shout out to him. Man, I'll tell you what I do when I'm stressed. I get my 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 full body my pillow uh, from mypillow.com and just snuggle that bad boy. The cottage cheese pillow. <laughs> and then I then I rip it a little. I rip my my pillow. I taste just a piece of the foam just to see Gosh. see what my man Mike Lindell's cooking up. Okay? I don't hey, know what he's hey, making. He was this cooking up. He was cooking up crack a few years ago. So you need to be careful what? with what he's cooking Hold up. On, what what Mike Lindell's story is that he was a big time drug addict addicted to crack, and then he became a Christian and turned his life around by starting my pillow. Listen, so. I'm not, I'm not disparaging him, his business. And I think it's very admirable that he's found. You can't say that's going to eat what Mike Lindell's and, cooking and, up. And, you and, can't. and that, and that he's found sobriety. Now I, like I said, I do take slight, slight issue with him attempting to uh, stage a coup in the final stages <laughs> of the presidency, <laughs> but what an inspiring fellow. Um, John B says he takes a 45 minute walk around his apartment complex and turns Turkey each morning and he listens to calm music sometimes he prays but feels like the act of the walk itself is kind of a prayer john b i'm with you man i love walking i've told you, I, I said this last week walking is my jam i walk i hey and this is this really restored my faith in humanity i went on a walk two days ago at lunchtime just a you know a little jaunt around the neighborhood I came back. I had a message on facebook waiting for me from a from the local police department i guess they found me on facebook I dropped my wallet on my walk and one of my neighbors went and turned it into the local police precinct, you know, and the cash was still in there. That's the kind of, you know, it, 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 it really restored humanity for you that day. Yeah, it was it was a perfect end to a, to a very pleasant walk. So thank you, neighbor. My trauma was just racing. As soon as you said that you got a call from the police, I was like, oh, my gosh, my guy. Like, <laughs> like, I want to know, like, Jesse, what did you do on your walk that they <laughs> they found you on Facebook? Oh, I, I was also using a flamethrower pretty liberally. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, well, I was I naked this, and I had a flamethrower. And I you said know. this is not a flamethrower. And then I, I drove a, a combat van through a residential area about 85 miles an hour. <laughs> no, Biggie. But I told them to be fair. That's a, that's the only speed this thing goes. You know, once it hits eighty fives, it doesn't stop. There's a lot more where that came from. Go check it out and join the conversation. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right, we hey, we're just gonna keep it real. We're all friends here. We're all family. We can talk. We don't. No shame. No shame amongst the relevant podcast family. We want to know for this week's question of the week: What's the weirdest thing you've tasted? Guys, oh, listen, y'all better not cut out what I said earlier when I asked y'all that question because I would Jamie, bet $100 right now someone's going to come back and tell me they tasted it. Well, I, I fully <laughs> assumed I was going to message Clark right after we got off. Hey, cut that thing Jamie said. So you're saying now we got to leave it. Now we got to leave it. With it? Jamie, what's, what's the weirdest thing you've tasted? <laughs> Nothing. Like, I don't taste weird things. I taste things that are meant hey. to be tasted. Yeah, well, I don't. You got, you got, we're not talking about like you traveled on a mission strip and you had a, a gross meal. Oh, yeah. We ate grasshoppers. I mean, that's kind of weird, but yeah, in Mexico yeah. City. Yeah, I, mm. I want to hear some Bear Grill style stories. Also, Mm-mm. let's be real. When you guys were kids, you ever lick an old battery? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I did it. Why would you do that, though? <laughs> 
The talk about the it's, nine volts, is, right? The uh, yep. yeah. Oh, wow, that's, oh. A, that's a that's a that's a metallic-y rush. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never that's done that. what we're looking for, people. I did it. I don't lie. I don't even lie to y'all. All right, well, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or post on this episode's post on the Relevant Magazine Instagram account. Well, many thanks to Thad Cockrell for joining us. You can follow him on IG at Thad underscore Cockrell. Make sure to check out his newest album if in case you feel the same. It's really great. Um, hey, and a couple housekeeping notes. Go Head over to RelevantMagazine.com and check out our two new newsletters. We have a uh, daily devotional now every morning that goes out, Deeper Walk, and it is presented by Lumo. Uh, go check it out. You can sign up to get it in your inbox or you can read them there at our website, Deeper Walk. Uh, great way to start your day. I like it because um, when you're laying in bed and you kind of roll over and grab your phone first thing in the morning, right there at the top of my inbox is a Deeper Walk devotional. And uh, it's a good way to kind of calibrate your brain. Um, also, while you're there, we have a new daily newsletter called uh, Relevant Today. It is the top five trending articles at Relevant. So if you don't have time to keep up with all the stuff we're putting out every day or you uh, missed us on social, you can sign up for Relevant today and get the top five most read, most shared articles curated by you right there in your inbox. Go check it out. And while you're there, check out the new issue of Relevant. The January, February issue is out now. Pharrell is on the cover. There's some other great content, amazing names. Um, just just go check it out. Relevantmagazine.com. Click on the magazine tab. It's available for free for a limited time. Go check it out. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Derek Weiner. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. Relevant Podcast Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.